Hey guys, before you listen to this episode today, I just wanted to promote an amazing cause. It's called Food Warriors, and it's a food drive for active military troops. And this is assisting service members and their families at the Joint Base of McGuire, Dix, and Lakehurst, all in New Jersey. You can make donations to this cause that will match up to $2,500. And I just want to enforce you 100% of the money donated goes directly to food for active military personnel. And you can either pay by check to the Military Support Alliance of New Jersey and just put a note in there, your mortgage process or YMP hyphen food warriors. You can mail that to PO Box 5421, Tom's River, New Jersey, zip code 08754. You can also make a donation via PayPal. That's militarysupportalliance.org. And when you click on donate, mention your mortgage process, and you abbreviate that with YMP hyphen food warriors. Now, again, this is something where 100% of the donations go to feed our troops, and your mortgage process is going to match up to $2,500 of your donations. If you want to check everything out online, you go to militarysupportalliance.org. Uh, important project, guys, really important. Please listen to this episode and you get a little bit more detail on it. Thanks, guys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process. I, of course, of your host, Greg Wareham. I got to tell you, we're going to change things up today, and I'm really excited about today's show because it's going to focus on something that's extremely important to all of us in this country, and it's veterans and active service members. Uh, and it's a pleasure to have with us today, we have Mr. M Michael Schaefer, and we have Charlene Nagel. Welcome to the show, guys. Morning. Hi. Thank How are you doing? Yeah, thank you. Doing I'm doing great. Thank, thank you so you. much for taking the time today. No, to, thank you for having us. This is amazing. Yeah. To, to be you. here. And, you know, we were talking a little bit off camera about some different things. I just want everyone to have a little bit of background uh, of the both of you. So Charlene, would you mind talking a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, obviously, I'm a real estate agent, but we also, um, my whole family's military cops. And, you know, this is the way I give back to our service members. And uh, I've been doing this we started this probably about two Aprils ago, Mike? Yeah, yep. two Aprils ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, this is what I want to do for our mission. So make the short, sweet, simple. This is my mission. Sure. Well, that's fantastic, Charlene. And we're going to get into it in a few minutes as to, you know, the details of some of the programs we have in place. And Mike, again, thank you for taking the time today. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Navy veteran, served from 1967 to to 1973, um, had some uh, wonderful experiences when I was there and had some bad experiences while we were there, but mm -hmm. everybody in the military has gone through some of that. Um, I worked a number of different jobs when I got out uh, from, from college, worked for Johnson & Johnson for 10 years, worked for the people that owned the San Francisco 49ers for 10 years, and then I ran the Freehold Raceway Mall as the operations manager for, for 14 years. Okay. So, uh, I've had a, a three really good jobs and no career, so it's uh, <laughs> it was a fun way to go, and um, been involved with the American Legion uh, for about eighteen years now, and I have been the state chaplain for the American Legion for the last six, and uh, that lets me deal with uh, forty thousand legionnaires in the state of New Jersey. Wow, uh, two hundred and eighty posts, and um, we are the largest 
veterans organization in the world. And um, for those who, you know, again, unless you're a veteran and it's something that you're dealing with, uh, the GI Bill, which uh, pays for a lot of education mm -hmm. and all the VA services and all the rest of it, was literally written by a past commander of the American Legion and was voted through Congress unanimously back in the 30s, yep. and it has served us well since then. With no, it's fantastic. It's the least whatever, the so. that we could do for veterans, uh, provide them with an education once they get out of the, the military. In the American Legion, I was reading there's 2 million members across the country. Correct. With about 13,000 posts throughout the world. Correct. Uh, and now you run, you're the chaplain for the entire state of New Jersey. Correct. And now as the chaplain for people, you're a busy guy. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, he is. I, I mean, you were on the phone with the congressman last night. Correct, I was. <laughs> awesome guy. So the, the American Legion, you know, what does it do for veterans and active service? Okay, the American Legion has uh, four pillars of things that they deal with. Um, one is Americanism, where we deal with uh, children and youth, uh, a lot of uh, youth programs that are, depending upon where you are and what state you're in, they're, they're all a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, we have Boy State, which is uh, held every year. It's a 10-day program that's held at Ryder College. And uh, what this does is, and it's uh, Boy State and Girl State, it's held separately. But what it is is uh, an organization where we had uh, over 300 young men at, at a, uh, uh, Boy State and about 200 young women at Girl State. And they get there on a Sunday, and when they leave the following Sunday, they run through the whole process of running the government. They start out being elected as a dog catcher, and then they have to promote themselves and others to the point where there is a state governor that's elected, there's uh -huh. a president and a vice president that's elected, and those people that get elected to those posts actually go to a national college where... They learn about running government and what they do, and these are all absolutely incredible students who are so involved in wanting to make a difference in the country, and they're trying to get as much education as they can. And there have been three astronauts, three presidents, wow. Bruce Springsteen, Michael Jordan went to Legion College. Okay. You know what I mean? So sure. So it's, it's all those kind of people who, if you look at what they've done afterwards— yeah. Even though they became a rock star, they're still involved with helping people. Yeah. They all have something that they're doing to support the community. They all have that humanitarian aspect to them. Correct. And trying to give back. Correct. That's Correct. amazing. So they go to this school and they go through the whole government process. They, Correct. From start to finish. And now it's their peers that elects them. Correct. To move up to president or whatever the Correct. role is. So they have to, you know, they have to campaign. They have to come up with a platform. They have to convince people that they are the guy that's going to be able to take them forward. So wow. it's uh, quite a process. It's quite a process that they go through. And like I said, I, I do the interview process for our group that comes out of uh, Tom's River and Brick. Okay. Um, where they actually have to come in, be interviewed by us about where they want to go, where they're going to school. They have to be sent to this by their uh, guidance counselors. You know, it's not like it's just anybody that wants to go. It, it has to be somebody that the school knows is looking to make a difference. Sure. They're probably usually the class president. You know, right. there's somebody that's already involved as the... Uh, you know, the star of the football team, you know, that's yeah. looking to get involved and stuff. So it's, 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 it's a core group of individuals that are 
highlighted at the school who want to make a difference further in their life. That, and they're all high school students? They're all high, like? juniors in high school. Okay. So now they go back to high school as juniors. Now they're seniors when they get there. And these are the people that are really going to take that senior class to the next level as far as getting involved in the community. So That's wonderful. So it's, it's an interesting program. I get to get my two my two kids that are still in high school on the stick here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing that'll scare them even worse is the oratorical contest that we have. We have to do fifteen minutes on the Constitution. <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, it's almost like I hear what you're saying. It, it should almost be required in school to go through this type of a process. So you have understand. a class on they it. They need Absolutely. to bring back a civics class. They do because. It, What's happened is like a gap. Right. It's, and I think it kind of started my generation. I'm 51. So, you know, my dad was in that kind of Vietnam era military. My grandfather was in World War II. We we're talking a little bit about that right. off air. But then when you got to my age, there wasn't as big of a push into the military. And then when you get to Nick, the producer, who's in his early 30s, like it's, it's just a disconnect. Right. Well, again, you know, the Vietnam thing kind of turned a whole lot of people off to the military. Yeah. You know, the, the whole nonsense of the war and then how we were treated after the war. Right. And then, you know, there was a 20-year lag before 9-11 when things got interesting with the military again. There was that 10, 15-year lag, that Cold War lag that was in between. Yeah. The desert Storm, the, I right. remember you that. Know, the, yeah. You know, that was 91. Yep. So right. between 73 and 91, there was really nothing that was going on. Mm -hmm. You know well, what I mean? Well, then we had 9-11, then a lot of kids joined up after that. Sure. Right. So, but there was that disconnect from what we were doing and where we were going. And it was a crazy time, you know, and um, it just fell out of favor. Well, right? don't forget, too, the economy was better. Sure. So the kids weren't going into the military to improve their life. They were going on to something else. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, I graduated in 87. It wasn't yep. a thing to do in 87. No, it wasn't. I'm 89. Yeah, it it yeah. wasn't. And, you know, you're bringing up the civics class. They, they should have that. They should. And there should be a push Absolutely. at the state level, level, in my opinion, and probably in all of our opinions. You know, how do you teach this? Like, do the kids even know the judicial branch, legislative branch? I, I don't even uh, know if they teach that I, anymore. They, they don't. That they really don't. It's really a shame. Yeah, so there is that disconnect between what is happening and how you can get involved, either to make it better or even if you have a protest behind it, where to go to have your voice to be able to I do got that. That's such a great point, Mike. You know what I mean? I have no problem with people protesting stuff as long as you know what you're talking about right. and you're bringing a good point forward, but to protest just to protest because you got nothing else to do, right? you know, really doesn't solve anything for anybody. So, uh, right. you know. So, yeah, you know, sorry, I got off track with everything <laughs> with, the, with this because it's fascinating to right. me. And I know there were four different pillars. And right, and it's, it's children and youth. It has to do with, with uh, national security is a, is a big issue with us, mm -hmm. uh, making sure that the military has everything that they need uh, to function, both equipment, training, and how they move around and how they're dealt with, mm -hmm. both families and the people who are serving, uh, which is where the real disconnect is, is where we start to get involved. Mm -hmm. um, and then there, there's things that we deal with as far as the suicide thing is, is a big yeah. deal. With it's us, two veterans and, um, every day. Well, the know. other thing um, that we neglected to mention that Mike and I are both board members for the Military Support Alliance of New Jersey. Okay. And then I'm also an honorary commander for the Air Force for Joint Base McGuire Dix Lakehurst. So mm -hmm. we're really in there, besides him being a retired veteran, we're really in there on the base still so we can see the need sure. for what's really happening. Right. You know, so I'm sorry, Mike. I That's all right. No, jump in anytime. <laughs>
I don't want to forget that. I thought that might be a little bit important for everybody to know. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, so again, you know, the Legion's, you know, it's really important what they do and all the rest of it. And and again, the Legion's been very, very supportive to uh, to what we've done at this. You know, this started April, four, you know, a year and a half ago. April 14th was our our first delivery. And um, we've been nailing it down ever since. So and I actually do it made between, a delivery today. Yeah, uh, so. great. Do it between two pickup trucks. And a friend of ours has a box truck. And every once in a while, we need a box truck. Mm -hmm. So So now, and so the audience knows when we're looking at deliveries, we're referring to the Food Warrior project, correct? Yes. Could you please talk about that? You want to jump in there? Well, there's a lot to say in a little bit of time. Charlene, we've got all the time um, in the world for this. Is that important? (laughs) Well, we do our best to raise food from all the... We have a group of people that we collect with or whoever wants to do collections for us. We Mm -hmm. collect the food. Mike and I like to say we pick up the food, we drop off the food. That's kind of like our little mantra. Okay. (laughs) Right? Right. And uh, cooks the food? You need me to cook the food? Yeah, no. (laughs) I'm in. So, you know, I mean, between two pickup yeah. trucks, we fill up all the trucks. I work. Mike's retired, so he has more time to do deliveries than I do. But Mike's there uh, three to five, seven times a week delivering food. I probably go once a week, maybe twice a week with him because obviously I'm working. But right. um, we do – we have an actual warehouse on the base mm-hmm. besides the Red Cross house itself. So, mm-hmm. uh, Mike, chime in. You know, the, the original thing that I did when I first started doing this is the first people I reached out for um, when I found out there was this absolute need and the, the young lady that was there didn't know one person in the state of New Jersey. Okay. And you know, if, if you're in New Jersey, there's this phrase that you got to have a guy. Yeah, <laughs> we all got a guy. I grew up in Massachusetts. Yeah. I learned that one about twenty years ago when yeah. I lived down yeah. there. When you come down, well, when you're, when you you're in what? New Jersey, and honestly, Jersey girl here, everybody's got a guy. Everybody's got a guy. <laughs> you got it. You got to have a guy. So I tried to explain this to the, uh, to to Nikki, and uh, once she realized that I was going to be her guy, then that that's where it fell into. And I just reached out for a couple of local people that I knew. You know, I reached out for a couple of local churches. I reached out for my Legion brothers and sisters and explained to them what was going on. And we just started getting donations. And yeah. I mean, I made five trips out to the base this week. You know, this last week alone, we've dropped off seven tons of food mm-hmm. since wow. last Wednesday. Just wow. between two pickup trucks. Wow. Yeah. So going back to the base experience, what's a day in the life look like for someone who's active duty on the base? Again, it depends upon what you're doing. I mean, she's an honorary commander with one of the wings, so she may be able to explain what 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 mm-hmm. those guys are and gals are doing better than i can because i know she's actually even taking a flight in one of their planes so she can probably explain to you better than i can what the heck they're doing out there what, yeah, what, what's the day-to-day look like well um the group that i'm associated with they mm-hmm. maintain they're the operations division to maintain our kc-46s the uh, fueling jets that we have in new jersey okay which are replacing the kc-10s okay um, and those guys are strictly in control and maintenance of that plane. I've been very fortunate enough to go visit a couple of other Air Force bases. I actually got to see the uh, stealth bombers refueled from one of the KC-10s. Yeah, wow. that was amazing. Did they do that in midair? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and the airman is talking to me. And I'm like, don't talk to me. Pay attention to the boom. Because if something happens. You were on the plane I while they're fueling it? I was down in the crew with the airman re- and laying on my stomach and refueling. 
fueling. Well, that that's amazing. Yeah, well, I was sitting right next to the airman, and he says to me, "Watch the sky." I'm like, "What am I looking for?" Uh-huh. Because uh, I was told we were going to be doing like F-16s or something like that. But then um, uh, one of the guys said, "Sorry, Char, we don't have the F-16s, but I got something that I think you're going to like." So he says to me, "Look out there. What what do you see coming?" I'm like, "I see nothing but clouds," because you know you're like 35. Whatever thousand feet in the air, it's surreal when you're looking out the window into a plexiglass that's like the size of this room. You're almost like standing on top of the clouds. So I'm looking and I'm like, there's a shelf coming at us, right? And he says, yeah, keep watching. I said, I don't want to say it out loud, but I was like, holy S, that's a bomber. That's a stealth bomber. So, of course, all the pilots hear all the recordings. Right. So I was just amazed. He goes, he's talking to me. I said, don't talk to me. You're lowering a boom. Right. We don't want anything to happen because if that thing misses, you're talking about two possible explosions in the air. Oh, sure. We take for granted what our servicemen and women do, yeah. but what they do is extremely dangerous at some points. I mean, these guys are responsible for maintaining and refueling these planes for our Atlantic fleet and to protect our people right. on the Atlantic side. It's extremely dangerous, and nobody really understands that. You know, dangerous. You're taking your life in your own hands every day, yes. and you yes. couple that with just that it's technical. It is. Like, these are not margins of error. You know, we're doing a podcast. We say something that's not right. All right, we right. can change what we're right. saying. They make a mistake. It's, right. a, it's a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're taking their lives in their hand if there's a and mistake And, you know, they're, they're so a lot humble. Of pressure. It is. Yeah. It is. And they're so humble. You know, me, I'm like, you guys have the coolest job in the world. They're right. like, it's just a job. I'm like, no, it's not. You don't realize how much the civilian world appreciates what you do. You know what? And along those lines, you know, I, I, I would look at it and say the civilian world... We all say we appreciate it, but is there a more underappreciated group? Like, really, it when really you look isn't. at right, well, what we do um, as honorary commanders, we go around to wherever we talk to the civilian world, especially in New Jersey, because outside of um, uh, Ocean and Burlington County. Most counties are not aware that we have a serious base in our state that's very important to our national security. So our job is to represent the base and explain to the civilian world what we're taught. You know, and there's got to be more talking and education and things like this hopefully help. And, you know, where I was going before, like, we're all appreciative of the military. But, you know, to me, appreciation is rooted in action, right? So if we're com- coming back to the project that you're working on right now with Food Warriors, I think people would be shocked to know that some of the people on these bases, they don't have enough food. Right, yes, and, yes. and that's, that's where the insanity that I got involved in has progressed to where we are today. You know, she was talking about this mission and what they do. You have to realize that for that one boom operator to get that fuel nozzle into one aircraft... Mm-hmm takes like 30 people right you got ground control people that are making sure the two aircraft meet in the right place right so that the guy that's looking for gas doesn't miss the the tanker by 300 miles (laughs) sure and runs out you know so you got a couple three four five people on the ground that are making sure that they get together you know then you have the pilot of the aircraft you have the crew on the on the uh the tanker you have other people that are involved as far as AWACS planes that are making sure that there aren't any other aircraft in the area that could impact this operation. So there's a lot of people that Huge are involved. Huge logistics involved. Right, in this one scenario. Right. And when I approached the folks to talk about what I, the military is really big on scenarios. 
Okay. They like to run it, you know, a, a possibility. Yeah. And I said, if one of these people is not paying attention a hundred percent because he got a call from his wife this morning that she can't feed his kids. Yeah. You're going to have a problem. Right. And that was the end of the conversation. Right. And since that point, we've been given free and easy access, you know, to make this happen with, uh, with making sure that we get food to these folks. Now, Mike, you know? how did you get involved in it? Like I said, I walked in cold, and, and they, she told me that uh, she didn't have any food, and I told her that uh, this is not going to happen on my watch. Right. You're going to have food. You're going to feed everybody. We've never, ever missed one day in a year and a half mm-hmm. where we haven't had food for people, and uh, we're just going to continue that project. And it, you have to realize some of the things that we've seen uh, – when it comes to people that are coming in to get food, first of all, they're coming in uniform. Right. These are people who are standing proud. They're standing for their country. They're going out there every day, putting their lives on the line, and they have to humbly come in to a pantry to grab a box of pancake mix to feed their kids. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's criminal. Happen. It is criminal. It's, it's criminal. heartbreaking. Yeah. And then you have the situation where now you have uh, wh- whichever one of the spouses is the active duty person, they get deployed. So right. now the mom, if she gets deployed, or the dad, if he gets deployed, now they're alone on the base for 90 days minimum, and they have to deal with that issue, and that's where that phone call comes in while he's in the air in Dubai right. refueling a jet, and you know that he loses focus even for that how could you not? Yeah. Half yep. a second. Right. You know, and there's nothing you can do about it from there. Right. We just wanted to make sure that she never made that phone call. Right. That's my goal is to make sure that that phone call never gets made. And we never put that whole flight crew, that whole mission in jeopardy. Because you have to realize it's not just that one plane they're refueling. You know, they could be, they get deployed, they could be refueling 20, 30 planes in a day. Sure. So, that there's that many opportunities for a mistake. Right. You know what I mean? And and I've seen I have first I want to explain I have really, really bad PTSD, so I might not get sued some of this stuff. Sure. So I'm warning you I'm warning you right up front that that may happen. Well, and my wife's gonna go, Yeah, it's gonna happen. Mike, I want you to tell them the story about what happened with the um, little kid at the birthday. That's game. that's where I was going. On Wednesdays, uh, we got stuff in from Costco. And uh, so I go out to a car. We're loading stuff in the car for a mom. And uh, there's five kids in the car. And um, just mom. So I'm figuring dad is off someplace. He's probably working a flight line or he's deployed. Sure. So I stuck my head in the car and I said, has anybody got a birthday coming up? Because we had gotten some birthday cakes that day. And the kid in the back goes, it was my birthday last week, but mom didn't have any money for a cake. Wow. It's heartbreaking. You know, how can you... It's heartbreaking. It, it just doesn't make sense. doesn't. Needless to say, I went in and got a cake and came back outside and gave him a cake and we all cried together and we've all prayed together and I know that that night they went home and this kid had a birthday cake. It was one of those huge 27 people birthday cakes, right. so they ate it for a couple of days, but he had a birthday cake that night. You know, and, there's, and there's a number of those. I mean, we had a woman pull up one day, kids in the car, crying. And I'm going, Mom, we will bring you whatever you want. 
I'll get you 27 bags of groceries. Whatever you need, we will get to you. She says, well, I couldn't get here last week because I didn't have any money to put gas in the car. It is a crisis. So now we give. Criminal. Now we have twenty five dollars gift cards. Right, we, that's right. why we started collecting the get and doing the gift cards. So now okay. you know if they need a gift card to be able to buy fuel, so that they can, they can get and gas, these, so they can get to the food see, that, pantry. That to me is unacceptable. No, these are and these are basic yes. human needs. Yes. Yes. For people yep. that are protecting our country, that you and yep. I take for granted. We take. We all take yeah. for granted, mm-hmm. right? Right. And, you know, and then I'm thinking right away, we're getting towards the holiday season. Right immediately, Thanksgiving pops into my head. Christmas pops into my head. Oh, we're good for Thanksgiving. We're good for Thanksgiving. Oh, we nailed Thanksgiving. (laughs) And we nailed Thanksgiving and Christmas last year because that was our first Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we nailed Thanksgiving and Christmas again this year. Just this week, 7, 8, 9, 10, Mm -hmm. we put together 150 bags Wow, that's fantastic. And it has everything in that bag for a Thanksgiving meal. You have to prepare it, Mm -hmm. you know, down to the prima chicken soup and the string beans and the fried onion rings to make your string bean casserole. Uh Every single thing. When we first started going to ShopRite and all that to buy the food, Uh they're like, what do you need? A hundred cans of fried onion rings for. (laughs) Fried onion rings for, So everything's in that bag, and they get a voucher to take to the commissary to get their turkey whenever they want it. You know, right. and we don't have any place to store frozen turkeys. Okay. Uh, so we deal it. with the commissary, and they sold us 150 turkeys. I don't know if you guys have been out shopping and find out that turkey prices have gone, gone up, up a little yeah. bit. Sure. They gave us 150 turkeys for $7 a piece. Okay. That's great. Which is a deal. Yeah, sure. Which is a real deal. And the commissary has been you amazing. Might, you might have to tell everybody, Mike, what the commissary is. I don't Everybody the commissary is the grocery store on the base. Right. If you walked into a, a shop right or a stop and shop, this is twice as big as that. This okay. is a huge store where you can buy everything. I mean, they got the sushi bar. They have all the sandwich stuff. They Just like if you were walking into a Wegmans or a Whole Foods, uh-huh. they got everything you could possibly want. And um, that's where the folks who live on a base shop. Sure. And um, I went and spoke to the, the store manager and explained to him what we were doing. And now I went through the store, got all the SKUs off the items that I wanted, mm-hmm. printed out a spreadsheet. I want two cases of this, three cases of that, four cases of that. I give them the list. They call me when it's full. Tuesday I went over and picked it up. The list this week was $3,100 worth of food that we took over to the okay. to the pantry to make sure that everything is full because sure. we get a situation where we get pancake mix, but nobody gives you breakfast syrup. Right. Pancakes right. are pretty boring without syrup. <laughs> They're terrible. Right. It's like cardboard. Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? And you have a situation where um, you get peanut butter, but nobody donates no, jelly. jelly. Right. You know what I mean? And we don't get salad dressing. Sin. Or mayo yeah. or mustard or any of the condiments it's nobody. A lot of the sure. condiments that we're missing that people don't think about. Right. You know? you know what I mean? And when people ask, what do you want? I said, look in your pantry. Open your refrigerator. What do you use every day? Right. That's what we need. The, the one thing I'm sorry. Go ahead, say. jump in. The one thing that we always do tell everybody, we have to make sure it's non perishable food. Makes yeah, sense. And no place it's to not store expired. Right. You know, because I've had a couple organizations saying, Well, you know, expire if it's a certain amount of expired, I said, guys. This is our military. Do you really give these people expired food? You want well, to show them how much you appreciate them. Right, right. We, we have an agreement with the, with the military that we will not 
Yes. Serve anything. That's... Why should they ever have to eat anything expired? Right. It's, it's exactly. ridiculous. Well, exactly. I've had some MREs from World War II, so I'll tell you, <laughs> they got they got no problem hanging on to old food. <laughs> so no, but we don't we don't use those. But I know they're still kicking around someplace. But uh, no, the, you know the whole idea of the food thing is just grown exponentially, uh, and when you see the Tuesday, I'm, I'm walking into the house and. There's this woman walking in. I guess the young boy she was with was maybe three or four years old. Okay. You know, he comes into the house. He runs into the where the food stuff is. He grabs a little bag of potato chips and a breakfast syrup, and he goes out. We have a little area where the kids can hang out, and there's coloring books and crayons and stuff that they can take with them when they're done. Right. So mom can shop, and, and there's a volunteer that hangs out with them, and they'll do puzzles and stuff while while mom is shopping so they don't have to worry about them running around in this okay. in this building. And, um, you know, it's just that kind of thing where we're trying to make it as easy for them as we possibly can. And he grabbed that maple syrup and the potato chips and went <laughs> over and sat down. That's all you need. He was good to go. He didn't care about what else he wanted, but he, they must have had bad pancake experience that morning, and uh, he was not going to let that hey, happen again. Don't knock <laughs> potato chips and syrup until yeah, you tried it. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so, so it was good. It was yeah. good. And, and it's great seeing the change in people from when they're walking in to when they're walking out, right. knowing that tonight they're going to eat. You know, we're open three days a week from 9 in the morning to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. They can come every week. They can only come once a week. Okay. But they can come every week if they want to come in, and they shop and take whatever they need. And all it we do is weigh it because mm -hmm. we track every single thing that comes in gets weighed, Every single thing that goes out gets weighed. So we have some kind of idea of what kind of inventory we sure, still no, makes well, sense. have can, in the warehouse. Mike, you know? I can tell you, Greg is a stat guy. I am a stat guy. A stat guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> numbers guy. Go give him the numbers. <laughs> we're we're going to peruse through this on our break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come okay. back at, at you. Greg Wareham, we have Mike Schaefer, Sharnine Nagel. This is fantastic. We'll be right back at you, everybody. Okay. Hey, guys, just a quick reminder that we are matching donations to the Food Warriors Project. Your mortgage process is matching donations up to $2,500. Uh, this is a project that's very near and dear to my heart. I have had active military family members, and we just can't have our military folks going hungry. So please consider making a donation and your mortgage process will match up to the first $2,500 of donations. If you have any questions at all, you can email me directly at greg at yourmortgageprocess.com. Well, welcome back, everybody. Again, Greg Wareham here. We have Mike Schaefer. We have Charlene Nigel. Charlene, how did I do that time? You did it. She corrected awesome. me at the break. I pronounced her name incorrectly. <laughs> no biggie. So I, I just want everyone to understand the magnitude of what we're trying to do with the Food Warriors Project. The base requires 4,000 pounds of food per day. Per week. Correct? Per week. week. I'm sorry. It's 4,000 pounds of food per week. I mean, that's a lot of food. Yes, it is. For our particular mission. For our mission, base. right. For right. for our mission, that's 4,000 pounds of food to try that to give feed away. people per week. Wow. Wow. And, and we've been doing this for two years now, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Just Started April years. 14th, a year and a half ago. So we're into our, you know, eight, this April will be our yeah. second year anniversary. Now, as you got everything 
up and running, Mike, and you took this project on, what are, who are some of the other organizations that jumped on to try to help? Well, I have to say, uh, I was a board member with the MSA mm -hmm. before this whole thing started. And what's the MSA? So people Military know. Support Alliance. The New Jersey Military Support Alliance originally was Ocean County Military Support Alliance. And there's another organization in Burlington County that, did the, that has the same focus. What happened was, and I, and I don't, again, I, I'm going to start talking about stuff that people might not recognize some of the acronyms. The, uh, when the BRAC came through, which was the base realignment, when we lost Fort Monmouth yes. in New Jersey. Yes. Okay. When that happened, Burlington County and Ocean County professionals, these are people that own their own businesses. These are retired folks who were um, in corporate world who understood how important the base was to New Jersey. Aside from its military importance, it generates like $3 billion worth of income for New Jersey. Wow. There's 52,000 people that work there. Wow. All those salaries, all those rents, all those mortgages that they're paying, all those cars they're driving sure. and gas they're buying is all income that's generated in New Jersey. They're the first or second uh, top. Is it the first or the second in the top for the salaries statewide? Oh, it's number one. Yeah. Number one. It's the number one employer in the state. And it's the biggest land base in, in the country. In the country. Yes. Wow, people no. aren't even aware. Right. Now, do you want to lose that in the next BRAC? Absolutely no. not. No. Because the military is always looking to yeah. thin things down and quiet it down. Do we already have a better place we can do this? Right. So what these folks did when they got together was the Air Force and all military, if you're being transferred from McGuire to go to your next duty station, they have an exit interview. Just like mm -hmm. a lot of big corporations have, if you leave, you why you're leaving, where you're going, what were the goods, what were the bads, you know, sure. what that situation was. So there's a scorecard when you leave that you have to fill out concerning the base. McGuire is an ex. The base commander that's there now. This is his third tour. He loves the place. Right. And a lot of people who come back, this is their second and third tour there okay. because they love the base. The problem is where the base is. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an ideal location. No. Right. right. <laughs> you can you can take that. But what I'm saying is there's nothing to do there. Right. If you're a young airman who's 22, 23 years old, you're from Kansas and you get transferred to McGuire Air Force Base, there's no public transportation. There's no place to go unless you've got right. a car. And even if you do have a car, where the hell do you go? I mean, there's just right. nothing out there. Right. So with this scorecard, that was one of the things that came up where this was an issue for a lot of the folks that were out there. That makes sense. Dana Lancelotti was the Ocean County Tourism Director, and she was also a, an honorary commander on the base and very involved in the base. And we would do events out there, and she would hand out all the Ocean County what to do, where to go, how to find it, you know, sure. uh, so that people would know where to go if they wanted to go to the Jersey Shore. Where would you want to go to do that? Or the mountains, or if you wanted to go skiing. I think, I, you know, there's a lot of people that come here that don't realize in the wintertime you can ski in New yeah. Jersey. Uh, yeah. In the summertime, you can, there's a lot of places to Each swim. It's beautiful. Right, exactly, because you have all of that here. So her job was at the base where she was explaining this to everybody and making sure that when people got transferred in as part of the package that they got, they got one of these Ocean County guides of what was going on. 
so that people knew what was going on and, you know, how to get to Philadelphia to go to a museum. Right. You know, how would you get transportation to go to New York to, to see a play? Yeah, so you know, get, and that's a great point because if you know what you're doing, this is a great area to be. Oh in. yeah, oh, yeah. But you, you just need to know. know where you're going. To right. your point, if you came right. in from Kansas, you're like, where like, do they drop me? And right. they don't realize <laughs> you know, you're not. You know, you're not in Kansas anymore. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And they don't realize they're literally within an hour of everything. Yeah. Manhattan, Philly, yeah. the shore, everything. Baltimore, Washington. I mean, yeah. you, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do here. Sure. But if you don't know how to get there and what it is and how long it's going to take you to get there and all the rest of it. So that's what she was doing. And then there's a lot of other people that are involved in stuff around the base. We have people who are on the uh, state uh, highway commission. We have people who are on who deal with uh, local uh, municipalities because what the base is trying to do. You know, there's a lot of people who live near the base. And because there's big giant aircraft taking off all the time. There's a lot of noise. Twenty four seven three sixty five. Sure. And people complain, and that's understandable. Except the base was there before you yeah. moved there, so I, it's, it's like you know buying I mean? a house next to a farm and then complaining about, about the cows. The smell of the cows, you right. know what I mean? So, but so what they're trying to do is making sure that if somebody puts a house up for sale within right. X amount of miles of the base, that the base wants to buy it. Okay, they want that piece of property, so they eliminate that mm-hmm. that potential issue. complaint. Sure. You know what I mean? So yeah. there are people who will get involved in that, both at county level in both counties, mm. to make sure if they see something coming up that's for sale, you know, that military would almost like the first right of refusal. Yeah, makes you know sense. I mean? So that they can get that property off of the complaint list. And that's another right. whole problem for the military is housing supply. Right. There is none out there. Right. So if you wanted to live off base, there's no place to yes. live. We're right. going to live. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been through that area, yeah. but there there's is nothing, nothing there. there. Well, yeah. <laughs> And you know what? Honestly, part of the need um, for food is, you know, the the young airmen, the ladies, they don't make enough money even for housing in New Jersey. Right. Who can live on 35000 a year with a family in New Jersey? Nobody. A house? Nobody. Nobody can in this no. state. It's Nobody. too expensive. This is why they have yeah. such food insecurity and housing insecurity. Right. What really made this incredibly difficult for everybody, which really brought it to the forefront, which really got me involved, critically was COVID. Okay. If you had a job off base, if you lived off base and you wanted to go home to your wife and kids, Mm -hmm. you couldn't leave. Wow. If you left, you couldn't come back on base for two weeks after you were quarantined. Right. Mm. So if you are active duty person that's refueling aircraft or doing maintenance on aircraft, you can't go home for a year. If you lived on the base with your family in base housing and your wife or your husband had a job, depending upon who the civilian was, you couldn't go to work right? because you weren't allowed back on the base. Which you know, brought them down in their salaries. You know, that's just, a, again, a, people don't know this. <laughs> they, right. they, see, the, the civilian world, and myself included, yeah. and, and Mike is a Vietnam vet, so he knows a lot more than I do, but the civilian world has no clue the sacrifice that not only the servicemen and women make, their families make. Sure. It's tremendous. The children, the kids, everybody. Wow. Another incredible sacrifice by our Right. Mm-hmm. It, it just made. Because that was just one, that's one location. Right. Now that you're looking at the 1.4 million service people in this country. Right. You know what I mean? It just compounded the situation. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, again, it's something that people wouldn't even know. And a continued sacrifice by our military. Now, what is Magic Tent? Okay. (laughs) 
Mike so lovingly nicknamed our tent the Magic Tent. Uh-huh. It's magic because we can make money appear for our people <laughs> when we go out to the public. We we do um, we take this ten by ten silly lime green tent around to different like wine festivals. Uh, you know, we'll stand in front of stores. There's been a lot of stores that have been very gracious to let us, you know, take the day right in front of their store and make collections and then they understand why so I tell them that they're technically doing their part for the military too by mm-hmm. allowing us to do this and this is our way and Mike included Mike's so humble about it but he's there helping me talk to the public about what's going on too um, to, <laughs> <laughs> to let the public we, we inform the public and I'll tell you what it, it's the same psychological steps every single time and I got to try not to get emotional about this because I get very emotional when I'm talking about it Um, first of all people are shocked that there is a need to feed our people right then they're pissed off then they cry because they're you know I'm not gonna I don't want to disrespect anybody but then they question why this is happening Mm -hmm. And then, you know, everybody wants to give. Everybody will put a dollar in. You know, they don't care what they're giving for. Most people are very generous. Right. But I go, wait, wait, wait. Let me tell you what this is really for. And then I explain the details about the food insecurities for our, you know, our active duty and our reserve servicemen and women. And then they're just, they go back in their pockets and they'll give me $50 bills, $100 bills. And they're like, how can I volunteer? How can I collect? How mm-hmm. can I do this for you? You know, who can I talk to? It's it's all about us talking to the public. Yeah. You know, and, and even if they don't give a dollar, I go, here, take one of our flyers. Just spread the word for us. I'm getting goosebumps because I've seen so many people. Like, one story. You know, Ocean County has the largest retired veterans in the country. I don't know if anybody knows I did that. Not Ocean that. County. Is the largest veteran population in the country. We have 40,000 veterans in Ocean County. Wow. Wow. So they understand the need. So about every third person that you see in the shopping center is a vet vet or a family of a vet. Okay. You know what I mean? That's how many of us are banging around here in Ocean (laughs) County. (laughs) So we use this quote-unquote magic tent to share our awareness to the public no matter where we go. That's mainly, that's why we call yeah, it the magic and you know what? So, you, you know, I've learned so much today in this conversation. I, and it's not that people don't care. They don't know. They don't, they don't know. know. They exactly. just don't know. Now, the other problem that happens is we'll get, which, of course, she hands off to me immediately, <laughs> is the guy that wants to go off on the federal government and they want to go off on how come this is happening and why aren't they taking care of their people. Because Mike just has such a classy way of kind of diverting their attention. And, and, you know, and I think it's something people need to be made aware of is it's not a federal government problem. No, it's not. I know this is, that sounds really weird. Yeah, talk about that. But it's not. Okay. Because here's what's happened. You're a young airman and you're stationed in California. Mm -hmm. Single. You meet somebody, and she's a teacher. You're out there for a couple of years. You get married. And you decide that you want to make the Air Force a career. Mm-hmm. The only way to get a promotion in the Air Force is to take a transfer. Okay. You can't just stay in San Diego for 20 years. They're not going to let you do that. Right. you got to go to Alaska. Even though people would want to. Right. Yeah. you got to go to yeah. Alaska. you got to go to Iceland. Right. You know what I mean? you got to go to Texas. you got to go to Germany. you got to right. go someplace else. Not only to learn other skills, but 
get an experience from someplace else. So that if you have sense. a situation where you have to go there because there's a military issue, that you're familiar with the area. Yeah. So you get transferred to McGuire Air Force Base. 135 professional licenses are non-reciprocal in any state in the country. Wow. So There's your wife, who was making $70,000 a year as a teacher, comes to New Jersey, her teaching license is no good. So what are you supposed to do? That's insane. Right. That's part okay. of the problem. And it's, it's not, no different curriculum and, and here than right, it is there. Right. It's not, is it a union thing? What, uh, <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. The light comes on. You can see how that could yeah. so that be turn, difficult. That turns into a real big problem. So... Now you're going to get off base, and now instead of making seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year, you're working at Wawa, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're certainly not making the same amount of money you were making before. And people say, "Well, the military, you know, they get this, they get that. They have to make a car payment. Yeah. They, they got to yeah. pay the insurance on their car. You know what I mean? That stuff doesn't come with that. And you don't get any more money. No. If you have children, it's not like they raise your salary. I mean, right. you know, in a civilian world, you know, if you have kids, they don't raise your salary if you have kids. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out how to make that same dollar stretch. Sure. And now you're doing that on a military salary where the same exact job in a civilian job pays minimum twice as much money. Right. You know what I mean? A commercial yeah. airline pilot is making a whole lot more money than a guy flying that tanker. Which yeah. is hard to believe to me. Yeah, and you <laughs> know what? It really speaks even more to the commitment in the passion, if you want to grow within the military, I mean, the sacrifice yes. that you're willing to make to follow that path, that's a selfless, selfless path in and of itself. Right. right. It to, because it's not, you know, you go into the police force, you go in the fire department. It's, you know, there's a, you can make more money, right. 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 You can move up, make more money and do different things. And it's just much more difficult in the military. And it's the ultimate civil service type of profession. Right. It is because, you know, I've met so many people who are in their 26, 39 years, all doing this and they're transferring yeah. how many times? Dozens and dozens of times. And they've all raised families. You know, you, right. I mean, I've met guys who've been transferred 12 times in 20 years. Yeah. Wow. How do you, you know, how do you keep your kids in school? You know, how, how do you maintain any kind of relationship right. with any kind of friendship with your next door neighbor, knowing that tomorrow they're either they're going to be gone or you're going to be gone, right? You know, off to the yeah. next duty station. You know, yeah, when I mean, you have kids, just your the ability to have that core family value so strong that it can absorb the transfer after transfer mm -hmm. after transfer. Because, like in the real world, that doesn't happen. No. You can't bounce your kids around like that. Everyone will and go these crazy. Kids are very resilient. Yeah, too. I mean, that's I amazing. Last Christmas, uh, I'm dealing with the first sergeants association on the base, and I'm dropping off food and. Um, Sergeant Craven was an amazing individual. And uh, he comes up to me and he says, uh, Mike, uh, I got a problem with a family, two families. I said, okay, what's up? How can I help? He goes, um, this was like a week before Christmas. And he goes, uh, they just got transferred in. Their personal effects haven't arrived yet. Because of this guy's MOS, what his job was, He's been transferred almost every year for the last seven years. Mm -hmm. The family has never had a Christmas tree. Wow. Never had a Christmas tree in her house. 
He says, can you buy a couple of Christmas trees? Well, that was a pretty silly question. <laughs> <laughs> so, of How course, many? I can buy Christmas yeah. trees. And they were asked, you know, they sold Christmas trees on the base. You know, and it was a fundraiser for the First Sergeant's Association. So we went over there and bought a Christmas tree. And they also didn't have any toys. And at that point, I had had about $30,000 worth of toys that had been donated. So we were making sure that they had toys. And what they did was, and again, this association comes up. They, they came up with some some beds for them to sleep in, and they came up with a couple of sofas and chairs and a TV till their personal effects arrived. And uh, they had talked to the dad, and they gave him money to take the family out to get something to eat. Mm -hmm. They went in, put up the tree, decorated it, put the presents underneath so that when these kids come back, Santa Claus had been to the house, uh, and they had maybe. never had a tree before you know what i mean i do that's just i do it's insane it is. it's Can't insane the something? commitment that they make and the, and the sacrifices that they make and the fact that it's not just the warrior right. it's the entire family and they do it without question right. and you know you're we talking about families that are third and fourth generation that just sign right up they get 18 years old and they sign up with dad. I mean, there was a thing about one of the guys who's flying these tankers that's now flying with his son on the same freaking plane. That's amazing. You know what I mean? I do. Because of that, that's what they do. Right. That's their job, you know, and, they, and they've lived it. They understand it. They get it. They know how important it is. And the guy that's, you know, selling gas right outside the base has no clue what those people are going through to make sure that we don't have a problem here anymore. You know, it's, it's incredible what they do. I, I, sure is. I bless them every day. You know what I mean? It's, uh, and I have to say, I am so honored to know my friend. I mean, he does just amazing things. It's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And, and the education that I have gotten off of him mm -hmm. and our other friend, uh, Ralph Wolf, mm -hmm. he's, it just, I cannot thank these people enough, which is why I personally do this for these guys. But to know him and, and know what he's done for our country and know what he continues to do for our country, the education that I get off of these people is incredible. We cannot do enough for these people. Right. We don't do enough for these people. This so here's is what we need. Yes, thank you. We, we need money, need, Mike. Okay. Yes. It's just that simple. How do people donate? What do we do? There, there are a couple places they can do to. The MSA, New Jersey MSA, has a website, which is... And that's Military Support Alliance. Yes, right. yes. This is who sponsors us. Okay. Right. That, that's who, who is carrying the... the that's where our, the, the treasurer is. That's where the president right. is. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the guys that are handling the back of house stuff. So that's what we do. And the MSA... The MSA stepped up. They were the first people on April 14th, a year and a half ago, to make a $2,000 yes, donation. They were the very first people because I talked to them about, that's when I found out about the gas issue, yeah. and they gave me $2,000 with the $25 gift cards. Uh, that's great. You know what I mean? To get that, that that's off the table now. What else you got to get going? Yep. And then again, it's been the Elks. The Toms River Elks have been absolutely incredible. I get a truckload of stuff out of them every other week. I, they call me. I go pick it up. 
I give them a list of what I need. I go there, I load the back of the truck, I deliver it to the base. Gino's awesome. Gino and Dana are just, right. they're so supportive of us. The VFW and Brick, absolutely outstanding. Mm. Uh, again, $1,500 donation. The Moose have been incredible. Uh, the JB's 57 Diner. Right, has been does, incredible. Yeah. So we're talking a little bit off air about the kids. Tell me what the kids did. Here's what happened. American Legion Post 502 in Jackson and Commander Barry uh, was very interested in getting involved in this program. Like Amer a lot of American Legion posts are. I'm getting stuff from American Legion posts all over the state. Instead of doing something with his post, he reached out for the Krista McAuliffe Middle School in Jackson. Okay. And talked to an advisor over there, and they did a food drive for the base. Now, you have to understand, some of the kids that go to this school are children of kids families that are working on the base okay did they get it yeah they got it <laughs> we went over there the other day they said we have a donation for you yeah and what they did they sent us a photo of the the stage in their cafeteria area which is also their auditorium they had a american flag on the wall they had a silhouette of a warrior with a weapon and they had all the food covered up with a camouflage net okay we show up at the school these are sixth grade kids Okay, on the stage, not involved in a video game, not being excited over something about themselves. They raised 1,365 wow. pounds of food and <laughs> loaded the truck. Oh, they loaded the truck for us. I almost felt it was They were wonderful. physically able to oh even gosh. after all the video game it ones? Was right. Exactly. They're oh, out that's there wonderful. loading the trucks putting everything in the truck, knowing exactly where it was going because some of those kids' families work yeah. on the base. And it was oh, wonderful because to see their faces, they were so proud excited. of themselves and excited about this. You know, right. I had some kids asking me about the base. You know, I mean, all sorts of questions that a normal sixth grader would not ask. Right. Victoria Hay. Thank you, Victoria. Yeah, thank Victoria you, Victoria. Hay. Good job, Victoria. Was counselor for that sixth grade class. And uh, she was amazing. And what they did at that school was incredible. And that would have been a shame if we left out the point yes. that these were kids right. helping kids. Yeah. It doesn't get any better any than, better that. than yeah. that. Well, you know what? Another thing I think that's important for people to know, and you, you both are way too humble to talk about this off air, you, you're volunteers. You pay for oh, your yeah. gas. You pay for everything Correct. out of pocket. 100%. Yes. 100% of the donation goes to our active duty military to feed them. And reserve. And, and reserve. what's really cool, we're 501c3. This costs you nothing. You can write this right off on your taxes. Yep. Right. And we'll get this all posted out there. Again, right. online, you want to go to militarysupportalliance.org. This is feeding our active military, and our reserve is. members, and it's 100%. 100% is going to go directly towards and these I will, folks. I will, Here's all the spreadsheets. I'll share them with anybody that wants to see them. I yeah, can we went you. through them in detail. We're right. very transparent. I mean, we are very transparent. Every single dollar though. in, every yeah, single no, dollar out. I got every single receipt, okay, every yeah. deposit ticket. We are very I transparent. Am, no, and and I know that. And Mike came in with his clipboard today. He's got he's got everything. <laughs> I, so with all of this, I have to say this has been one of my favorite conversations that we've had on the show. And you're by far the most passionate people in the cause that you're you're working towards 
I mean, it's just amazing. The most passionate people I've seen in this. It's, it's a pleasure. I, I thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you I for having love the us, platform. Greg. You know, yeah. if, if this gets one $100 donation. It was right. worth every penny. Right. Well, if anyone has any questions, could they reach out to you directly? Sure. Charlene? Sure. Sure. My number, my name and number is on the card. Um, it's uh, Charlene Nigel, 732-569-4885. She said Charlene. I know she did. Nagel. <laughs> I'm not a toothpaste. And then there's yes. Chaplain Mike Schaefer. Yeah. And you're going to read Chaplain his Mike, Mike Schaefer. And Mike can be reached. His cell phone number is area code 732-685-7767. And again, you can go online at militarysupportalliance.org to make a donation. 100% of the donation goes to feed our military. Yes. And it's tax deductible. And it's tax deductible. Thank you so much, Mike Schaefer, Charlene, Nigel. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And thank you, everyone, for listening out there. Well, thank you for having us. Thank yeah. you very much for yep. having us, Greg. Yep. I really appreciate it. Really no, appreciate no, it's, it. it's our pleasure. And, and I hope everyone listened to this show in detail and how important this cause is. And they get the checkbook out because they should. Every one of us should be thankful for what you're doing, for what our military is doing. And get your checkbook out and let's try to make a difference. I thank you everyone for listening this week as well. Again, this is Greg from Your Mortgage Process. Look forward to catching up with you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process, hosted by Greg Wareham. Produced by Greg Wareham and Nick Pavise at The Social Rift and executively produced by The Social Rift. Thank you again for tuning in and we look forward to catching up with you next week.